Hi everyone, it's Tessa and Joe from the Unveiling Paradise Podcast. Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Tessa, summer is almost here and so many of our listeners are about to have their epic destination wedding. And we are so excited for you guys. Before the big day, guys, we want you to make sure you listen to these three episodes. Episode 62, Deep Diving Your Wedding Ceremony. Episode 53, Questions Your Wedding Guests Will Ask. And episode 31, the final countdown to your wedding day. And if you're planning your wedding here in Hawaii, hit us up and ask us about our Unveiling Paradise podcast promo. Happy planning. Welcome everyone to the Unveiling Paradise podcast show. Hello, Tessa. Hi, Joe. How are you? So good. All right, let's get into this. We have quite the show today. We are going to be talking about DIY. Do you know what DIY stands for? I know you do. What does it stand for? Do it yourself, right? (laughs) But I think a lot of people say DIY as in like, do it. Why? Like, why do it yourself? Why do it? Why do it yourself? (laughs) And I think there's always some elements of a wedding that are DIY just by default. A lot of times our couples will order their invitations online through Minted or, you know, they find these cool little things on Etsy, right? There always is an element of DIY. But then there's also... Some of our couples want to do everything. So Tessa, I always hear you talk about DIY. I know it's a love-hate thing for you, right? So what do we really want to get into? Like, why would you want to kind of high-level DIY your wedding? And what are some of the pitfalls? People love DIY. And it's because you can save a lot of money, right? Instead of having to make a cake or order flowers or whatever, right? You're doing it yourself, DIY. I think that's the thought, though, right? I don't know if that's always the case because, like, sometimes... I'm at the grocery store and I'm like, I'm going to make a burrito, right? (laughs) And I got to buy like $5 of the tortillas and like all the vegetables and all like I walk out of the grocery store and it's $50, right? For this burrito that I'm going to eat and I have all this extra stuff. So it's actually interesting. I think, do you really save money when you DIY or do you just create like this abundance of work for yourself and a lot of waste? Okay, first of all, I love the burrito analogy. I feel the same about DIY pizza. I spend so much money on that. (laughs) But money is one thing, right? How much money at the end of the day are you actually saving or are you spending more? We also want to figure out, you know, how much time you have. It takes time to, to craft all these things. And then also, how crafty are you? You know, I have grand ideas of crafting all these things. I'm awful. Like, yeah. it's not something that I feel like I should do for my wedding. And I'm a horrible burrito maker. Like, yeah. <laughs> to be I honest. bet all of your beans are falling out yeah. and the meat. Sometimes if I go to my favorite Mexican restaurant, I'm like $10 out the door with this amazing burrito versus the $50. So, yeah, I mean, are you are you a good chef? Are you are you crafty? I love that exactly and that's why today we want to take a deeper look at for your wedding what is worth DIYing versus what we should be leaving to the professionals so let's get started welcome to unveiling paradise your go-to destination wedding podcast I'm Tessa, wedding planner and owner of Fred and Kate Events. And I'm Joe, wedding and adventure photographer of Joseph Esser Photography. We are based in Hawaii, one of the biggest, most popular locations for destination weddings. We want to share our real-life experiences with you, give you insight from a professional's perspective, and still make sure you're having fun in the process. We're huge believers in the fact that planning a destination wedding can be one of the most amazing experiences, and we want to bring you along. We're so excited to talk with you about weddings, Hawaii, and everything else under the sun. So pack your bags and let's get started. 
All right. Welcome back, everyone. So let's get into this. DIY, DIY not, right? (laughs) (laughs) I think this is such a great show today because so many of our couples want to DIY and will DIY some elements of their wedding. So let's get into this. High level, is this a good idea or is this a horrible idea? You know, I think there's a lot to consider in answering that question. But before we do, I want to tell a quick story. All right. What you got? (laughs) So... My sister got married a few years ago. And again, most of her wedding was high-end, professional, whatnot. But for some reason, she had this great idea for her favors to make soap. Keep in mind, she had 400... soap for the guests to wash their bodies. Yeah, yeah, like little soaps. I think it was popular back then. And it was funny because she had 450 people at her wedding. Oh, my gosh. And somehow she recruited all of us as her bridesmaids to make soap. Oh, my gosh. And it was three soaps per person. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so it's not only just making the soap. And it was like, if there were bubbles, she'd be like, do it again. And oh so we'd gosh. have to start over. Every person had three soaps. We had to individually wrap each one with saran wrap, put it in a box, tissue paper in the box. So we're building these boxes putting a sticker saying, hey, because I think it was almond scented. It was some scented soap that she was like, people are going to try to eat it. So we also had to put a sticker saying, hey, this is not food. Don't eat it. Oh, my gosh. And then the, you know, the the tana and ricin sticker. It was crazy. We were all mad by the end. It was nights and nights and nights of making soaps for these favors that I feel like at the end of the day, we could have bought something for so much less time and energy. Yeah, and then, okay, yeah. So there's so many levels to this story. I can't even get started. <laughs> it was so stressful. Soap, so I mean, and, yeah, and then it's like, like soap is such a random thing to like put as your favors. Like, what are you saying about your guests? Like, hey, they you stink. guys stink. That's what she's saying. <laughs> Go ahead, watch. You, know, you don't need one bar. You need three bars, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I think that's the thing with like favors and stuff. Is it something that you want to spend weeks on and doing and is it really that great of an idea to do it yourself, right? You know, and like, could you have gone to, I mean, I always see it at Whole Foods. I'll eat this super cool, like bars of soap. Could you have gone there and spent <laughs> the same amount of money? Probably spent less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, and I think for me, that is one of the first things to consider when you're going to DIY is the time. Is it worth the time to create this? So this really ties into some of the key points and the key things to consider before we start DIYing. What I'm talking about first is time, Yeah. right? Wedding planning itself takes a lot of time. Is creating, you know, 450 times three soaps, is this the best use of your time? Actually, I have my own personal horror story about time management when you take on the DIY. This was probably at the very beginning of my career. I had a bride who decided to DIY everything. So when she was supposed to be getting ready and putting her hair and makeup on she was finishing all of the little favors in her hotel room trying to put it together like just rushing through this and she was so far behind with her timeline because she was taking on this diy project on her wedding day that her wedding it was supposed to be at sunset by the time her ceremony started the guests had been sitting outside for two hours it was completely pitch black at that point Because she had to finish her DIY project. And it was like, I I can't remember. I think it was favors that she was trying to put together. Do you want to do that on your wedding day? Do you want to be taking that on on your wedding day? And if it's a favor or something like that, that you're actually also going to be personally setting out for all your guests, right? You've taken on a huge amount of stress and a huge amount of responsibility on your wedding day that I don't think makes sense. If the point of our podcast is anything... It's about how to create a stress-free wedding day. So there are some elements of DIY that I think both of us say, 
If it's going to impact your time, if it's going to stress you out, red flag, don't do it. And I think taking a step back even further, not just on your wedding day, but as you are building up to your wedding day during the planning, right? Most of our couples who are planning a wedding also have a job, also have families, also have a social life, a puppy. Are you talking about yourself and <laughs> making soaps? It's not your game. I'm very popular. <laughs> but again, right, it's, you have these great ideas. How much time is it going to truly take? Is it worth you losing that monthly check-in with your friends to do this? Is it worth you taking time off of work to finish it in the last couple of weeks before your wedding? Where do you want to spend your time? Again, we're balancing everything else in life. This is why we normally get stressed during wedding planning because there's so much. Do you want to add another element that will cause you some stress? Okay, but I also want to say this, Tessa. It sounds like you weren't really a good sport about making soap, right? (laughs) It wasn't your thing. Like, you're like, "Ah," you know, but I think there's also another level. I see this also happening where the couple will invite their wedding entourage to help out in a favor. And that might be making wine, bottling wine, and having that for the reception. And there is that experiential element of some of this DIY stuff that actually is fun. And it, I would want to take time out of my social life to be doing those types of things. So I think it is a balancing act. If you're making soap and you're like, oh, I'm not a soap maker. This is so stupid. Or if I'm making wine and bottling <laughs> wine, I'm going to be all about it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess if my sister gave wine as favors, yeah. I'd be more in. Me too. I'd be all about it. <laughs> I agree with you, right? And again, but that's the question is, do you have the time? If you are involving other people, right, your your wedding party, your family, do they have the time? Is it adding more stress to everyone or is it a really, really fun experiential party? Let's go back to my burrito example. I love burritos. <laughs> me too. <laughs> the question for me is also, are you talented? Are you crafty? You know what I mean? Like, So if you're a talented chef then you probably are going to make the most amazing whatever it is. If you are, Yeah, or if you're a very crafty, you know, artsy person, you may actually be able to create something that is totally unique and is totally you, right? But if you're not, like, I've seen some horrible DIY favors and things like that where you're like, like oh. what? For example, like when our couple, especially our grooms, try to calligraphy stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're like, if you ask me to calligraphy anything or create, you know, these little signs or little table place cards, it's going to look like a third grader wrote that. And that's, I mean, that's just, I, I'm, I'm just not really great with my penmanship. I shouldn't be doing this. I know that I shouldn't be doing this. Why would I take that on? It's also important to understand who is going to be executing on the day of, right? You talked about the fact that all of these things, like trying to set up your, your client, trying to set up on the day, putting favors on the table. If you're going to DIY a lot of things like centerpieces or favors, who's going to help you on the wedding day? You're going to be getting married. You have bigger fish to fry than wrapping these things up. If you're making your own wedding cake, who's setting it? Who's decorating it? Who's putting flowers? So there's a lot of other factors that not just the DIY before, but on the day of your wedding, realistically, who's doing these things? Right. And I think that's a huge pro tip. If there are elements of DIY, there will always be elements of DIY. Who have you delegated to set those things up? If it's the couple, you're setting yourself up for failure. Anything that we DIY, we really want to make this statement, this recommendation, make sure you delegate someone to take that over. So if we, if you've made we have to do the math. So 450. I, I was trying to, I couldn't do the math. I think it's, th- I think it's 1350. I think that's the number 13, 1350 <laughs> bars of soap. That is so much soap. Who is going to be putting it out on the table? 
One small tip that kind of ties into this that I want to mention, because I have a lot of my couples that ask me, do you think I can DIY? How much do you think? Like what, what makes sense, which is perfect that we're talking about this. I always tell people if it's something perishable, your wedding cake, your flowers, you know, things that you'd have to do like very, very close to your wedding or on the wedding day. Ideally, if those are things that we can pass on, it just makes more sense. We don't want to take DIY off the table for any of these things. Like I have lots of clients who have someone in the family that's very creative and artistic and make amazing floral arrangements. Why would you not want to have them do that? Even if they might not be a professional, as long as they fully understand all the parameters of what that is. So when you're arriving, when you're setting up, you want to make sure you're setting up at a time that the flowers aren't going to wilt, you know, and that kind of thing. And across the board, I think you could hit any one category of a wedding vendor uh, service that you could DIY under the right preconditions. Agree. And I think, you know, just what you're talking about, right? Having someone, your aunt or someone do flowers is fine. What I'm saying is if you're, you yourself are trying to do these flowers, or again, I've had weddings where mom is doing the flowers. Like mom has an important part on this day. She should be there as well. She should not be running around trying to set up flowers, trying to put flowers on the arch, coordinate with all of her friends. It it makes the day that much more stressful for you and your family. And they're not going to be present at your wedding. And that's the whole point of it all. That's the priority. Okay, so taking it back to your burrito for one second, how much money are you actually saving when you DIY, right? When we talk about your burrito, could you buy a $10 amazing burrito versus going to the store, buying all of the ingredients and spending 50 bucks? A lot of times with DIY elements, you end up spending more money because now you've bought a Cricut machine. Now you've bought all of these acrylics. Now you've, it just costs so much more money sometimes than just ordering the seating chart. I also want to say this in the spirit of sustainability. A lot of times you create waste. So like I know for a fact that I'm not going to be able to eat a whole stack of tortillas. They're going to like harden out and they're going to get thrown away. Like I think the same thing can be said about when you DIY elements. And I know we've talked about this on a previous show about a client of yours who thought they would save money on linen. Remember that story? They thought they would save money on linen instead of renting it. They bought it. Right. So they bought a lot of linen online. And again, you know, they, they shipped it here. Her mom spent all night ironing it the night before. And after the wedding, because they were dirty, they threw it all away. They just didn't want to take it home. They didn't, The mom was done. She didn't want to deal with it. In fact, the mom DIY'd most elements of the wedding. She left early because she was so exhausted. She got physically ill from exhaustion and left the wedding early. And if you think about that, just from a pure sustainability standpoint, Like when you're able to rent your linens, you're not going to have like, you know, like 500 purple napkins, you know, that you're (laughs) never, ever going to use again. And I think that's another element that, you know, you don't need to own all this stuff if it's a once in a lifetime kind of thing. Tessa, I want to go through all of the vendors that you might consider and the things that you might consider DIYing. And let's take a deep dive into whether we think this is a good idea to DIY or a, a good idea, why not to DIY? Wedding planner. (laughs) Of course, you're starting there. (laughs) Let's, I mean, let's talk about that because I know that a lot of couples want to plan everything from start to finish. And also, I mean, again, we talk about what the difference between a wedding planner is and a day of coordinator. And those are sometimes two completely different roles and sometimes they are one in the same. Is it ever okay to plan your entire wedding by yourself? So we, I know we've talked. I know, try, try (laughs) this question. I'm a little stressed right now. (laughs) So I know we've talked about this multiple times, you know, and 
at the end of the day, can someone plan their wedding by themselves? Absolutely. I definitely think it's possible. You know, there's definitely people that can plan. They have every detail. They have a vision of what they want. They know the vendors that they want, and they they can. Wedding planners are not, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to regret saying this because I think you're going to hold it against me, but <laughs> wedding planners are not a must-have. They're a nice-to-have, but do they make your wedding day so much more stress-free? Do they make your planning a lot more stress-free? Right. right? And I think that's really important. The one condition that I do want to say is there's a lot of venues where you need to hire a professional. They will not let auntie be the wedding planner. They will not let your best friend or your mom be the wedding planner. You need to have a professional with insurance, with a license, and on approved list. So again, there are different types of venues that will allow you to have a DIY planner and not. So there are some venues where it's just off the table from the start. Correct. We hope that if you are going to DIY your wedding, we hope that you start with our podcast because we are sharing (laughs) everything that we possibly could know. All the secrets. There are a ton of resources out there and how to choose vendors, you know, how to um, review contracts. And I think that's something that there are a lot of resources in this day and age on how to plan at least a, a great chunk of your wedding on your own. For sure. Day of, different story, I think. Question for you, Joe. As a photographer, how do you feel about hair and makeup being done by themselves? Yeah, I mean, this is very interesting. This happens a lot where we have our client will do their hair and makeup by themselves. Sometimes it's awesome if they've been doing their hair and makeup for years and they they know how they want to look. I feel like in some situations, they achieve the results that they want themselves. I would say nine out of 10 times, a professional hair and makeup artist is going to do your hair and makeup much better, especially knowing that you're going to be photographed. I've seen on the flip side, a lot of hair and makeup disasters when our client decides they're going to do their hair and makeup themselves. And I think there's something to be said about not being able to see your whole face when you're doing your makeup. I've seen some contouring where it's just so horrible from a profile, but as they're doing it, it looks great because they're only seeing themselves straight on. A professional hair and makeup artist is going to be able to see how does your hair look like in the back of your head? Like you, know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you can't do that yourself. Again, I'd say if you are super talented, if this is something that you do yourself day in and day out, it's on the table. But if you don't have those skills, do not do it. Right. And I think, first of all, I love that you know what contouring is. (laughs) (laughs) And I also want to mention something that I think professionals really do well is not just the hair and makeup, but managing the timing. And we've talked about this before, but having you do your own or having your friends kind of do each other, you sometimes lose track of time. You know, we're there in the morning checking in with my couples and they're like, yeah, we're good. We're good. And then three, four hours later, they're all, you know, drinking, having lunch. It's a lot more casual. There's no sense of urgency with them sometimes, or they're not booking professional hair and makeup, so they didn't get a trial. So it's only on the wedding day that they're now like, oh, I don't really like the way this looks, or do you have a different color, or this shade doesn't match. You know, they may not have the right makeup because they don't have a toolbox of every possible shade that you need. And I'm so happy you said that because that is very, very true. If your makeup is running late, your whole wedding day runs late. Professionals have a really good grasp of how much time is it going to take to do a wedding party of 12 girls hair and makeup or just one person, you know, and if you're starting too late and you don't like it, do you have time to pivot? 
a professional can help you with that. Again, it's not to say that you cannot do your own hair and makeup or can't have a friend do your own hair and makeup. It's just understanding that there's certain things to consider if you want to go the DIY route. Okay, Tessa, I see this happening every once in a while where our couple will bring in their friend who DJs or even like some friends who have a live band. What are your thoughts on that? Is this a good idea or a bad idea? And how, like, what are some pitfalls and how do we prevent them? So this is a tough question because I've seen some friends that are really, really good. And I've seen some that are really, really bad, both DJ and live music. You know, I've had people where, again, they're a DJ in another state. So they rent their equipment here and they just come and they DJ. They're great. I've also had people where they're like, hey, my friend's just kind of starting out. I'm going to give him a chance. And he's bringing in shoddy equipment. The mixing isn't great. You know, so again, I think just like everything else that we want to DIY, there are good and bad ways of doing it. You know, same with live music. Again, like, are they actual performers? Do they do they know how to work with a DJ if you're providing sound equipment? Or again, are they able to just walk in and perform? Are they bringing their own equipment? There's so many different elements that you have to consider when bringing in live music. I think a lot of this is a call that you make from your gut. You know for a fact if your friends are talented, that they've played and performed in different locations and in, in different environments, then I think it's totally great. I think that's amazing. Bring them in. It adds a personal touch. But if it's like, if you have that feeling in your gut that's like questioning if they're going to be performing at that level or going to be entertaining at that level... You know, like, (laughs) have you seen them DJ before? If you haven't, like, oh my gosh, like, it could be horrible. And I have seen a DJ is a friend and it just doesn't work out. It doesn't, like, there's all of these hiccups that are happening throughout the night. And in this particular situation, I would probably say this is something that you don't want to touch. You don't want to touch DIYing your DJ live music unless that person is a professional anyway. So I think what I've seen in the past that I really liked is we've had people, I've had couples where the groom was a DJ, his friends are all DJs. So what was cool is they hired a DJ here to actually do the full shebang, right? Bring their stuff, DJ. But they made sure that this DJ was okay with them kind of trading out. So then they, the, their friends every 30 minutes went and they did little sets. So they didn't have to do any of the setup. They didn't have to set up. They didn't have to worry about anything else other than just at the dancing part. They were doing different sets. And I thought that was really cool. All right. Well, what about emceeing a wedding? I have so much to say about emcees. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think we both do. Yeah. You know, (laughs) it's so interesting because when I talk to my clients, I want to say most people are very much for having a friend or family emcee, a non-professional because they're like, well, they know me. They they can tell stories. They they know us well. And I'm like, okay, stop and think for a second. Do you really want someone to tell all your stories? Right, right, right. <laughs> and I think you do sometimes and sometimes you don't, right? I don't know. I don't know. I And so it's really funny. I'm definitely pro-professional. I love having a professional MC for so many reasons, right? Just keeping the timeline on track, really being able to kind of troubleshoot if dinner's running late or anything else like that. You can still have multiple speeches where people are telling your story without it being the MC doing that. Interesting enough, this was one part of my own wedding that I DIY'd. You did? Yeah, I didn't I, know that. I had a friend, his name is George, and he was a politician. He was like on the board of education. He was like, he was used to speaking publicly. Sure. And he had the most amazing personality. And he had some really great stories. He knew myself and my wife before we met and when we met and like he had that that context he was like perfect for us for our wedding 
but I also trusted that he knew how to speak publicly. On the flip side, I've emceed a wedding before. (laughs) I know you talked about it. (laughs) And I thought it was going to be the easiest job. I did. I thought it was going to be so easy because I've been to so many weddings. I thought, you know, this is going to be. And the interesting thing about being an emcee is that a lot of it is trying to manage the program. You're trying to keep people's attention. Okay, so we're going to move on to the cake cutting. You know, if everyone's talking and you can't grab their attention and shift them to follow what's happening, it's like herding cats. It's so hard. (laughs) I think there's absolutely certain people, and you know who they are. I think it's a gut feeling again, if they could manage that or if they couldn't. And if they can't, don't do it. I think it, for my friend George, it was an honor for him to do that. And it was a lot of fun. And he was so funny that it was a perfect fit for us. But if you don't have that person, again, don't do it. I'm nervous. I've promised a friend that I'd MC their wedding and I'm really having some second <sighs> doubts now, second thoughts. <laughs> yeah. I guess we'll see. Okay. So the next one that I think you're going to have big feelings about is photography and videography. What are your thoughts about hiring a professional versus having, you know, my friend who's into cameras doing that? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Tessa, what is the best thing you can have on a hot summer wedding day? Gosh, Joe, honestly, there is nothing better than fine time shave ice. I love fine time shave ice. So good. Honestly, it's the soft ice, the variety of syrups and flavors, and their toppings. Their toppings are incredible. From ice cream to mochi balls to condensed milk. It is amazing. Stop. I'm getting so hungry. I know. Well, if you want some, check it out. Fine time shave ice. And check out their company and all their delicious flavors on our show notes. Do it now. Yeah. Okay. So I I know I'm supposed to say never do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Are you not going to say that? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think you're expecting me to say that, so I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I, I think that, again, I think this does happen a lot. Couples will bring in their friends who are photographers. And I think that, you know, again, it's like if photography is not your priority, if it's like on the bottom of your list, maybe that's something that you can have your friend do for you. But you also have to understand that there is a wealth of knowledge that a photographer walks into a wedding knowing the song and dance of a wedding. That song and dance is something that you're not going to have if you haven't done it before, if you haven't done it multiple times before. I know for a fact when the bride is walking down the aisle with her dad that I want to be on this side of the aisle so I can get that handoff. That is such an important thing to know. If you're on the wrong side, you get nothing. You get backs of people's heads, right? You have to know that song and dance. There is that. And there's also the pressure, right? You can't screw this up. You can't miss shots. And a lot of times when you bring in a friend, you can't necessarily guarantee that that's going to happen. And again, we're not talking about just photographers. We're talking specifically about the difference between hiring a photographer and a wedding photographer. Right. You know, and and being a wedding photographer, and I know it sounds super bragging, you're not going to like this, but (laughs) we are really well-rounded on a lot of different things. We know how to pose people. We know how to take candid pictures. We know how to do detail shots. We know, like, we have different things and different elements that we bring in that if you are a portrait photographer and that's all you do, you're not necessarily going to be equipped for that. If photography is on the bottom of your list and you don't really have a lot of expectations, then I think that's fine. Tessa, what about food? Can you make your own food for your wedding? 
Catering is expensive. I think a lot of people think that this is a great way to save money. Does it make sense? No. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't. And this is why. You know, I think with food, regardless of your guest count, right? Whether you're doing a plated, a buffet, 20 people, 100 people, 200 people, it is a big ask. And I know, you know, in Hawaii, we have a lot of parties, graduations, babies, first birthday, luau's. You know, there's so many different celebrations and family will always start doing the food. They'll do it themselves. With a wedding, I think it's different, right? With a wedding, everyone is being celebrated. It's you, it's your family. You don't want to ask them to be cooking all night the night before. Again, this ties back to what I mentioned previously about perishables. Having to prep this, you can't prep it months in advance. You know, you're doing it the night before your wedding, the day of your wedding, having the food hot, having everything fresh, serving the food. You know, it's a big ask for you to have your family do it. Also keeping in mind, different venues require professionals. You Mm -hmm. cannot just bring in your own food at some of these venues. Before you make that decision, before you book somewhere, hoping to save money with the food and the catering, understand that it really does kind of depend on where you are. And is it worth it? Is it worth asking? This is not something that you can do by yourself. You're going to need to enlist family and friends. To me, in my personal professional opinion, it does not make sense to do catering on your own. Right. And if you're talking about liability, a lot of venues, again, like concern is about foodborne sickness. For sure. Okay, food. All right. What about a bar? Is it okay to bring in your own alcohol and, I don't know, have somebody serving wine and beer? Is that something that would be acceptable, you know, to uh, to do yourself? You know, it depends on the venue, right? If we're at a hotel, then obviously <laughs> you have to bring, you cannot bring in your own food. Right. You can't bring in your own alcohol. You can get your groomsmen to <laughs> sneak in flasks or whatever, but. No, (laughs) you can't do that either. You know, I think for me, bar is one of those two where most venues require professionals. For the ones that don't, I'm still a big believer in hiring professionals for for multiple reasons, right? Um, Liability, right? You don't want to have some friend of yours just serving nonstop until people are puking everywhere or passed out or sick. Yeah. Right? That's no fun. I think there are ways that you can save money with a bar. You know, I did a wedding recently and instead of doing signature drinks or anything fancy, right? Because when you do a drink, you need to get glassware. You need, you know, mixers, you need whatnot. They just did um, Trulies, White Claws, beer. So everything that was in a can. Right, right, right. And I think that's the point. It's like if you need to have like a bartender who's mixing drinks and doing signature drinks, don't do it yourself. Unless you're a professional bartender. But if it's something as simple as like, canned drinks and you're just serving it in a out of a cooler you know that's i think that's fine i think that's totally fine yeah exactly it's still nice to have someone monitoring just to be safe all right i actually hear you like complaining about this one a lot (laughs) (laughs) what that's a bad i was like oh my gosh there's so much to set up the setup the setup the the team you need to set up chairs and linen and decor and favors is this something you should diy and if not who is doing it Right. That's a good question. And, and I think you you kind of listed a whole wide range of things. You know, when we're talking about DIY, when we're talking about saving money, some venues have, for example, chairs that are provided, but they don't do setup. So a lot of times, you know, my, my couples will say, oh, great, my friends are going to help set up or my friends will help break down or my family. And while that sounds great and handy, what happens is in the beginning, gung-ho, everyone's helping, everyone's setting up. If we're using the chairs for ceremony and then reception, they're at cocktail hour now. So trying to gather them to move the chairs gets tough. To move the chairs from like a ceremony site. From ceremony to reception. reception. Yeah. So say we have 100 chairs. 
and the bar is open. Yeah, I it's hard. And then let me tell you, at the end of the night, when we have to put them all away and count them, and everyone's been drinking, right? It's really impossible. We're literally, you know, just gathering anyone we can see to help. So, to me, this is not a great DIY. All of these big items, tables, chairs. All of that setup, it should be done by hired help. Nobody's going to want to do that at the beginning or the end of the night. So a lot of different companies, like say for exa- for example, a caterer, you can actually hire to set up chairs and tables and that sort of thing. Sometimes your coordinator will take that on. There's there's different vendors, uh, I think across the spectrum that do these types of things. It doesn't necessarily have to be your coordinator. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of companies that do it. And again, a lot of coordinators have a different range. Some coordinators will move chairs for you. Some won't. Some will set the linens. Some won't. Right. So when you're having a vision of DIY in your head, as you're talking to different wedding planners, different coordinators, be clear on what they do and do not do for you. If you're planning to DIY a lot of your day of elements. What are some things that you absolutely recommend DIYing? I mean, I I know that we could take any of these on. Are there parts of your wedding that you say, you know, you should totally do this yourself. Why would you hire someone to do this? Sure. You know, I mean, not necessarily that it's a must, but again, if you're just like, hey, we just want some very, very easy things. I always think back and look, what are the things that you can order on Amazon, right? Versus or Etsy have, or whatever. Or, yeah. So what are some of the easy DIY items that everyone kind of does themselves? I'm talking table numbers. I'm talking candles, you know, just things that you can buy and have, again, your family members, your wedding coordinator, someone just set up really quickly. They are such an easy way to save money. It's funny you should say this. We are just starting to put some of our favorite things on our website. So if you go, we have an Amazon affiliate link that we can share and you can kind of see the things that we're into DIYing yourself. So Tessa, to do or not to do to DIY or not to DIY. This has actually been a lot of fun. I think, again, I think the takeaway for me is this. If you have awesome, talented, professional friends, why not lean on them? Also keep in mind that you do not want to take this all on, on your wedding day, delegate if you're going to DIY or just work with professionals. Exactly. And to add on to that really quickly, right? It's not just yourself. It's If you're going to get people involved, right, do they have the capacity to help you too? If mom is going to do a lot of this for you, right, have that same conversation that you would have with yourself. Does she have the time? Does she have the capacity? How much money is this really saving? Again, DIY can be a great way to make your wedding personalized, customed, and exactly what you want. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'm hungry for burritos. What do you think? Should we make it or should we buy it? Let's say buy it. All right, I'm done. All right, thanks, guys. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Unveiling Paradise. If you enjoy our show, please follow us and rate us on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. It would really mean a lot. And don't forget to also get on our mailing list and follow us on Instagram. Just do it already. Until next time, this is Tessa. And this is Joe. And don't forget, your happily ever after is just a plane ride away.